Hey, what is up, guys? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. It is Sunday, June 21st, 2020. I'm Norm, along with Mike. Long time no talk. The Leafs Convo back in business, hoping to talk about hockey and training camps and the start of this abbreviated tournament thing that is supposed to be coming in the very near future. But I don't know if that's going to be the case with the recent spike of positive COVID-19 tests, Mike, including the one and only Austin Matthews. Hello, sir. Good morning and happy Father's Day, Norm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it threw people for a loop uh, on Friday when Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun reported the the fact that Matthews had tested positive. Uh, And I I even know that uh, that, uh, Simmons got some flack for that and I, I don't understand why because he's a reporter he that's you know his job and you know if, as long as he had sources that confirmed it that he trusts um then I think it's va- it's a valid story especially in the in the time of the virus that we're mm-hmm. dealing with right now and the ramifications yeah. but um the NHL released that 11 players didn't specify names, but 11 players had tested positive throughout the league of over 200 that had been tested, which Mm -hmm. is about about 5%. And we're a little under three weeks. I think, yeah, a little under three weeks away from the opening of training camp. And they, you know, we we've known from everything that's happened over the last few months that it's usually about two weeks that the, uh, that anybody who tests positive and is asymptomatic would be able to, it would take in terms of time of recovery. So more than likely these 11 players will to be able to come back and participate in training camp on July 10th. Now, that being said, if this continues to spread and becomes a bigger problem, then the league is going to have a problem. But right now, I don't think that what was reported on Friday is going to dissuade the NHL from uh, their course of action to open up training camp on July 10th. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. Get involved in community. The Leafs Convo lives on. We have not been producing as many podcasts of late which is understandable, but as the action picks up, so will we, Mike. Recent news of positive tests, Mike, is certainly something the NHL did not want to encounter but has to. Do you think they budgeted for um, this kind of news to unfold at this juncture? Or were they hoping that you know players were sequestered enough and that their contingent would be lucky enough to avoid getting infected. Well, I mean, the reality is, again, we, we have ideas of how this is transmitted, um, but we don't know everything right now. Uh, we know that there is no vaccine, there's no cure. So, I mean, the NHL, I, I've said this for a couple months, if the NHL was going to shut things down over one positive case, then don't even start up at all. Uh, you had to expect that there would be players that would test positive. And I had somebody send a message to me on, uh, on my uh, message, a message, uh, uh, my email on hockey buzz saying that they should cancel the season. Uh, and, and I'm, I don't, I don't get it again. It's like, you know, this is a reality the, anybody who tests positive during this whole scenario, if it's training camp, if it's, 
you know, during the playoffs, they're not going to stop the playoffs for one positive. It's it's probably going to be treated like an injury, like Mm -hmm. if Seth Jones or Mitch Marner tears an ACL, God forbid, um, the team and the, and the players go on. Now, if it's a widespread situation, then obviously that's going to cause a problem. And that's probably going to be something that causes either the playoffs to be delayed or, or canceled. But the, there's too much riding on this for the yeah. league and for the players. And that's why they're in unison going about this. The financial ramifications of them not playing the playoffs are disastrous for the league and not just for this year, but for the years going forward. That's why they're negotiating a potential CBA extension yeah. because they have to. Is the want for this to happen weighted in the same importance as the need for this to happen, though, Mike? That's the question. Do we really need this to take place? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I know that there are fans who are skeptical, and uh, I know that there are media members that are skeptical, and I'm sure there are some players that are skeptical. But I, I also think that they realize you know, uh, the reality of the situation and that the league you know, has to get this done. They're taking every precaution. They're choosing hub cities. It sounds like it's going to be uh-huh. probably early this week that they uh, select the two. There's been some uh, indications over the last 48 hours that the possibility of two Canadian hub cities, because the Canadian government removed the 14-day quarantine for, for players, um, like the U.S. did uh-huh. a while back, and with the recent spike in certain areas of the U.S. that, you know, at least one of the cities in Canada, Vancouver, Edmonton or Toronto would be uh, included along with probably Vegas. But I know Elliot Friedman and Chris Johnston said on Friday, there's there's a possibility now or the increase of the possibility that it's two Canadian cities because the rates of infection are way low in Edmonton, Vancouver and decreasing by the day in Toronto. How do you push forward? generally healthy concurrent to the the pandemic that is still prevalent still a threat mike that's the thing you know you talked about how players who uh, get sick would go on ir i mean you treat it like an injury but there's still a lot of uh, unknown as to how that infected player could uh, affect others and right. you know does does the idea of something based on everything working right turn into a complete shit show um when all is said and done i mean can this thing unravel mm-hmm. does this thing have the potential of unraveling and i i hate to to be overly um concerned or uh, act like i'm paranoid because i'm not I'm the kind of guy who says, you got to go live your life. I mean, I think COVID-19 is going to be something we deal with the same way we deal with the flu and a lot of other um, uh, illnesses and, and diseases and infections and things that you, I mean, you, would, you could uh, contract on a daily basis. But in this mm-hmm. circumstance, Mike, uh, with, the, with the recent spikes of um, sickness in the United States and a lot of the unknown and, you know, um, you know how we've tried to stem the tide or flatten the curve and there have you know to moderate degrees of success pushing through with this it, it's not going to be ironclad and I'm, I'm wondering if when all is said and done we'll look back and say it was unnecessary to do this so quickly then again on the other hand when is the right time because we will not have completely eradicated uh, this illness in a year 
or, or, or two years. So we, the, the threat will be pervasive no matter what. Yeah, I mean, right now the focus seems to be with a lot of the professional sports leagues is the anticipation of the second spike of the, the return in you know, the fall uh, or the winter. And that's why, you know, we've heard potentially that the NHL, you know, would start next season in like December or early January. And, but they, you know, stressing they would play an 82 game season, which would mean it would, it would extend probably the regular season would extend into May. You know, the NHL more than likely is going to start next season in late December or early January and extend the regular season through the end of May and then probably play playoffs in June and July. And they, you know, that's the reality because they have to get 82 games in next year. And they're hoping by January, they can actually have fans in the stands. But this is, I mean, this is an unusual, unusual situation in the sense that, you know, they have to play these games without fans. Um, but other leagues are doing it. Major League Baseball is going to do it. The NBA is going to do it in their little bubble in Orlando. And more than likely, the NFL is going to do it. So this is the, the reality, the new reality. It, but, and, but more than any of those leagues, it's important for the NHL to get these games done because if they don't, I think, it's a, I think they said it would be a loss of $500 million in revenue. But that being said, they're going to take every precaution to keep their players safe. That's why they're doing the hub cities. And whether successful or a moderate success or, you know, semi-failure, the league's endeavors will be met with skepticism and criticism. It'll sure. never, no matter, no matter who tries to reemerge, they will be hit with, uh, with a dissension because of where, where we are as a society and what we're, we're doing right now and, how there's a faction of people who want to batten down the hatches indefinitely. And, you know, I'm talking about from this point on, not from mm -hmm. back in April to wherever. So no matter what you do, you will be criticized for doing it. OG's converts, based on our discussion, what do you think of what the NHL is doing, uh, this recent spike in illnesses? how it all might come together to either you know, create something special in this uh, abbreviated season, this tournament, or do you feel like uh, this whole thing is unnecessary? Um, just hang on tight for uh, better days ahead. Let us know inside the comments section, or you can have your say below this post on YouTube. If you are listening uh, for the first time, thank you very much for being here. Hit the subscribe button and uh, maybe give us a like too. We do a lot of productions. We do. Over the last few months, we've uh, tamped it down somewhat just to uh, kind of mirror the flow of, of the news uh, of the day. But uh, we are certainly ready to ramp it up when hockey does get back into the full swing, whether that's soon or down the line, the Leafs combo lives on. And hey, if you are a listener and have not subscribed yet, just hit the subscribe button. You know you want to. Uh, we could certainly use the support, especially right about now, Mike. I mean, we've been talking about COVID-19, um, the the impact on, on the, the season that is trying to come together. What about some hockey talk, Mike? Is there anything we can kind of sink our teeth into before we uh, wrap up this edition of the Leafs combo podcast that is hockey-related? 
Mm-hmm. Well, the encouraging thing about uh, the Leafs specifically is that they have most of their players on hand practicing, working out at the Ford Performance Center in Etobicoke. Uh, they're, you know, some teams like Montreal, it was reported they had like three or four players in Montreal. Uh, other teams, you know, that kind of sort of scant amount, whereas a lot of the Leaf players stayed in the Toronto area or, you know, once the NHL revealed that they were going to phase two, you know, they suggested that the players come back, get through the 14-day quarantine that was in place at that point, and then be able to sort of ramp up physically. So they, you know, they may have an advantage when it comes to that when the playoffs start because they'll be working in groups. I know that like last week, I think it was, um, what they were doing was they were putting you know, the group of six together, which I think is the maximum. But they what they did was they put a defensive pairing of, I think it was Jake Muzzin and Cody Cece and uh, Mikheyev with Tavares and Marner. So they're putting lines and defensive pairings together, which will help, you know, get them back into the swing of things. Yeah. So, you know, that will be an advantage for them when it comes to July 10th. But from what has been reported over the last, you know, 48 hours, it sounds like Camp is on pace with, for July 10th, that the training camp will last two weeks and that they'll play one exhibition game in the hub city. <laughs> and then, and then by July 30th, it's, it's go time. So, you know, we're talking, we're talking about a little over a month before we have playoff yeah. hockey, which, which will be weird, but you know, I, I've been starting to look at the, you know, the actual matchups and things of that nature between them and Columbus and this is going to be a really tough series because Columbus had a really good year in spite of the fact that all these free agents like Panarin mm-hmm. and Bobrovsky and Duchesne left the team via free agency. And they had the same amount of points as Toronto with a extremely injured club. John Tortorella is probably going to get nominated for the Jack Adams. And now all their injured players, except one, Josh Anderson will be Mm -hmm. back for the playoffs. So this is going to be a really tight series. Uh, I think it's going to go five games. And I think (laughs) I, I I actually, I actually predicted that, that Columbus would win. Oh boy. But that, but but that's, but that's, Oh, of course I will. But, but you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that Toronto can't win when, if it's, if you're picking a seven game series or a five game series and you're saying it's going to go five then either team can win, but I'm, you know, I have to be, it has to be proven to me that this team will not make the same defensive mistakes that they have made, that they made during the regular season. I know that Mitch Marner, uh, I was on a conference call with him last week and he said they're, you know, they're working on both, both ends of the ice and, playing a two-way game and playing the type of game that is successful in the playoffs, if they do that, they will win. They're the more talented of the two teams, but talent has not been the, you know, not been the barometer of success for this team this year because they're one of the most talented teams in the league. They just don't play it consistently enough. Mitch Marner right on script, eh? Play a two-way game, all 200 feet. Defensive responsibility lies on all players. Got to come together. Give 110%. Sounds like he's doing media at Budweiser Gardens for the Hunter <laughs> brothers. Mike, this, this whole thing, though, you have, to, you have to admit, it doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel like, the, you know, there's any sort of incension to, to, the, to the big tournament with a series of games to be played ahead of time, getting everyone into the spirit. The players are um, 
be, become a well-oiled machine through that process and then you know, go guns a-blazing into the tournament. Fans are all excited. This is going to be a really uh, discombobulated endeavor. Whoever gets their collective head out of their ass first might mm-hmm. win this whole thing. And I have a feeling there are going to be some teams who will not know what had hit them before the, the series is over. This, mm-hmm. it, this will be interesting to watch from a standpoint of human behavior and how uh, we can go from zero to, to 100 uh, and how, how that whole process unfolds. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that takes shape, Mike. And, and at the end of the day, Hopefully, when the tournament does get deep uh, into the action, and we're you know two three rounds in, we'll we'll, we'll see the kind of hockey that we remembered uh, beginning to come together back in December, January. I'm not saying the Leafs uh, committing the same infractions that we hate when they commit, but um, it's going to take some time for these teams to to be playing and revving on all cylinders. It's it's very possible you're going to see some upsets that, you know, like I I, I wrote some uh, pr- series previews, uh, some, did some freelance work, and, it, you know, like Pittsburgh-Montreal. Pittsburgh should beat Montreal 99 times out of 100. <laughs> but but you don't know what the layoff is, you know, the, the type of effect it's going to have on, on the Penguins. And if Carey Price is hot, it's it's conceivable that Montreal could beat them. I, I don't yep. think it's going to happen. But, you know, uh, I think the rain, you know, the Rangers going into a series against Carolina would be a substantial underdog. But the Rangers beat Carolina four times in the regular season and have the have arguably the best uh, three go- three goaltender tandem. Obviously, only one can play, but you know they have Shashurkin, uh, Georgiev, and Lundqvist, and all three of them are better than anybody that Carolina has in goal, you know, Morazic or Reimer. So, I mean, that could be an upset. I, I don't think an eight nine matchup like the Leafs and Blue Jackets, or in the in the Western Conference, the Jets and the Flames, if either one of them wins, will be an upset. So it's you know, and you don't know that the what the effect that the layoff is going to have on a team like Tampa Bay or even a team like Boston. You know, they were both teams were rolling in March and it's tough to pick things up right away. And, you know, so this is an imperfect situation. Um, I think you know, a lot of these teams are not going to make decisions regarding, you know, coaches and general managers willy nilly if they bow out early, but yeah, it's going to be different, and we just have to accept that it's going to be different. Mike, any last words before we shut her down? Just that I'm, you know, unlike some people, I'm actually excited, and I've actually been optimistic that this will get done. Obviously, the the reports of positives uh, this weekend were something that a lot of people um, was a sort of shot across the bow to people who think that this is uh, – you know, this is going to happen, but I'm still optimistic that, you know, we are going to see playoff hockey in late July, early August, and we'll have a Stanley Cup champion selected uh, in early October. And this week, you know, we're going to see the Hub Cities chosen, probably, you know, definitely the NHL draft lottery and uh, maybe announcements of the NHL awards. So time goes on and so does the NHL. Yeah, I feel like we'll be walking and skating and operating on eggshells, though, Mike, uh, for the yes. for- foreseeable future. And I believe every ounce of excitement that um, we attempt to have will be tempered by everything else that's going on. Whether um, that makes sense at the time and overall, 
remains to be seen. Mike, it was good to collab again. The Leafs convo lives on forever. Can't wait to do the next one. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Norm.